Brilliant. So uh, we're going to get straight into this today. We're talking about AVM and in particular orchestration. So I'm Hannah Brown. I'm managing partner of Blue, and uh, this is Jake Bird. He's head of AVM for Blue. So if you're listening to this, you already know about AVM, right? You, you know what it is. The reason we're talking about orchestration today is because um, it is almost the most critical part of it because it's what pulls everything together. Without orchestrating a programme, you don't really have a programme that's going to deliver you results. And I think, think of it as it is like being a conductor of an orchestra. It's pulling together sales and marketing. When I say sales, I mean the hunters and the farmers in your team, um, as well as your technology, as well as your strategy and your insights into a fully integrated, managed and executed programme. So it's really, really critical. Um, so we're going to talk a little bit more about how do you make orchestration work? How do you make it happen? How you measure that? And then I think let's have a chat about pitfalls as well, because that's what people always want to get to the number of when we're talking to our clients, isn't it? Um, so, Jake, do you want to give us a bit more about how is it that you, when you're running these programmes for our clients, how, how do you bring this to life? How does the orchestration really function? Yeah, so I mean, I actually love the um, the analogy of the orchestra there. So I'm almost just imagining that you've got your your violin sections being be, be, uh, being the marketeers. You've then got sales in uh, in brass and percussion, you know, quite loud and uh, <laughs> making a lot of noise and, uh, and 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 really pushing sort of like the rhythm of the business. But um, I think also to add to that is the, the instruments that they play is almost like the resources that they have access to. So the content, the uh, the channels, the messaging. Uh, the, the, uh, and actually the marketing tools that they have as well so bringing all of that together um, to to get that alignment that's what's essential as part of that orchestration so I mean another way to think about it is just coordination so so what I want to do first and foremost is to get that insight from 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 sales from marketing of what it is you want to achieve with that campaign and then actually start to strategize how that's going to be achieved with ABM. So bringing all of the relevant people into a joint workshop together so that we can extract all the different insights, uh, get get all of those notes really flowing um, so that we can then start to uh, to compose our music. I'm, I'm probably going way too far with this orchestra, <laughs> yeah, the orchestra analogy now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's probably also worth mentioning that we're talking about, because people listening will know there are different types of ABM, one-to-one, one-to-few, hybrid, yeah combination and we are talking about each of those together so all abm approaches need orchestrating the only difference is really how deep you're going and how personalized you're making your outreach and and the whole program so as far as what we're talking about today goes i think all of the same principles apply you're just going to a different depth yes exactly so um go on give give us some more info on the, the the nuts and bolts of of ABM orchestration and and sharing, I think how how we do it as CBLE. Yeah, absolutely. So following actually having that the workshop so we've got all of that information we've got that alignment we understand what we want to achieve and actually this is really important for any for any campaign and something we see time and time again with our clients is actually having that internal uh, sign off and agreement on what it is we're trying to achieve and how we're going to achieve it so we'll obviously go on to pitfalls later but that is one of them is having that misalignment and the misunderstanding of what it is we're trying to achieve what we want to get out of it and what good looks like and so following 
that that workshop, that's when we can re- start to delve into first, second, third party data that you have ownership of, and also topping that up with qualitative research and insights that we that we build ourselves. So actually adding into the knowledge that we've already learned about. So we're not trying to double up on anything. We're not trying to tell people something they don't know. It's building on the knowledge that they have. So any sector or account insights that we can really add into that conversation that will help to guide the overall messaging strategy, value proposition and comms plan of of the campaign. Once we then have the agreement of what that messaging and value proposition is and everyone's aligned on how that's going to work uh, across the channels, that's then when we'll work, we'll start working on um, assimilating resources that you already have access to, that you've already built. So many of our clients have really great resources um it's that they just usually tend to be scattered um all over the place or within the website so actually we want to bring that in we'll then start doing a bit of a gap analysis of what else can we create that's going to be engaging for for your prospects um but we're coming back into a time where dms are going to be landing really nicely people probably haven't seen them for a couple of years and actually can we help to separate from um from from what your competitors are doing by having that really nice creative theme and then once you've got that coordination across your various um, channels and across the technologies that, uh, that you're using and that you're executing on, you can then make sure that that theme is bleeding through, uh, the theme and the messaging is bleeding through everything that they're going to be receiving. So you mm-hmm. have that really uh, nice and really well thought through and most importantly joined up, uh, uh, joined up plan and messaging that's just hitting the target that's going to be hitting the targets um Mm. so it's going to be almost impossible for them not to be i would say impressed or at least noticing you in the market so whether that's building that initial awareness or actually really driving that credibility of you as that uh, as as that partner or vendor who's going to be solving a problem within uh, within um with, uh, solving the challenges that that, that, yeah. that your prospects are going to be having so i guess to summarize that then the three things that are really critical as part of that kind of strategy and putting everything together phase you you need the right insights but also the message and the creative, because mm-hmm. the output of this whole section of, of set up and strategy is what is it that's going to get you noticed within that very specific and individual account? So far from kind of mass marketing spray and pray days, it, it is about cut through to individuals within an account. And, and certainly from our experience, n- neither the message nor the creative can be on, on, off point because if they are, you just won't get there. Um and that's why the insight is so important. But I think also relevant for those listening to know that the approach can be used whether you're going after net new acquisition strategy or your existing accounts. And um, the difference will only be how long you're spending operating in kind of top of funnel zone and mode or whether you're actually operating more at bottom of funnel and on pipeline and opportunity development. But yeah. ABM and certainly the way that you would orchestrate that program is designed to take people from one to the other, clearly not in a linear fashion. B2B buyers just don't buy like that, and, and every B2B marketer knows that. Um, but that brings us in quite nicely, I think, to the 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 way that you actually orchestrate and manage the programme when once the strategy has been done, set up and run, which I know that we do through our digital demand hub. So do you want to uh, give everyone a bit more information about that side of things? 
Yeah, absolutely. So um, the analogy, well, sorry, rather, yeah, the analogy that we talk about internally is that uh, we're as as consumers ourselves, we've all become a bit um, spoilt on the choice that we're given by the various platforms that we're using. So if you imagine that you go into Amazon and you have your, you have what's recommended for you and you have your wish list, you have everything. The platform feels very personalized and it feels even though it is the, the Amazon app that you're the website um, that you're going into, it feels very much like it's tailored to you. And that makes me go back into it time and time again i mean my, my girlfriend will tell you that not a day goes by where we don't have at least an amazon package and it has become a bit of a bad <laughs> habit the same is for netflix and for spotify yeah. as well these platforms that we use day and day again so actually how can we take that and actually apply it to the world of b2b um so with our what we, with our digital demand hub this is where we assimilate all of that content that 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 we've that we that we're bringing into the campaign where we also highlight the 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 hero assets that we're creating as part of that campaign and using the digital demand hub as the single um, central hub to send our prospects to in all of the engagements that we're sending to them these can be tailored to specific clusters, to individual accounts, even to individual people. So it has that power within the AI of the platform to identify who's going in and so what content should be pulled to be sharing through to them. Um, and this is just very powerful because it then gives us that it well it gives it gives us all that um, that the, the power and the orchestration to just really uh, flexibly pull these uh, pull these pages and digital demand hubs to, uh, together and all of this feeds back into your CRM and it all feeds from your marketing automation platforms as well mm. so it's I really powerful what, it is it is and what's really cool is that actually that hub can transform its purpose over time because in those initial phases talking about you know top middle bottom of funnel in the initial phases, you're looking to engage, to interest, to augment somebody's knowledge and understanding of who you are and what you do. But actually, once you get to a, a certain point of having identified an opportunity, what is it that your sales team need? Well, actually, it's not so much a communication portal, but it's a bid portal, effectively. So in enterprise sales, of course, you're often responding to RFPs, RFIs, and that bid documentation, the way you present that out to a customer and make a really big impact on them, being able to put personalised videos on there from the salesperson, supported with the right case studies and have that password protected as a place they can go. So it really does become a place that can that moves with the, the prospect, whether they're an existing or, an, or a net new prospect through their journey. Yeah, I mean, I've I've actually had it in the past before where the, the an existing customer uh, we we'd set up um, the the, the uh, digital demand hub for them, and the customers just got to the point where they knew if they needed to actually ask any questions or if they needed to find something, that's where they went to go and find it. So it got to the point where we were even getting inbound visits. Mm-hmm. And this, so this is a bit that I think. A number of people that I speak to and also just when I'm on LinkedIn and I'm answering questions and queries around ABM is the number of touch points it might take, typically takes to convert someone from, you know, zero to an opportunity. And it's anywhere between kind of 13 and 20. And some people say, well, you know, ah, that's a lot. How do I sell that internally? But actually, that is the point of this orchestrated methodology is that it enables you to reach out for them to come back, as you say, sometimes inbound, sometimes prompted, sometimes prompted by an outbound activity that that 
that we or our clients will have initiated. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's very, very much also dependent on average sales cycles for your solution type. So, of course, ABM quite typically is used for enterprise solutions. Generally, nine, 12 months plus as a sales cycle it is really standard. So you would not expect to take somebody through in, in a simple three month outbound email campaign. It's just it's just not a fact of life. Exactly. And and that's what another thing where the orchestration is really essential is because these are multi year programs that mm. we're talking about. Uh, I've seen it in the past where you do six months worth of ABM outreach and then all of and then you, you get to the end of the campaign and you, you go, well, what do we do with them now? But we'll just put them back into the generic pile. And then mm. they're getting this whole other narrative, which almost just is probably more jarring for the prospect by mm. that point. So having that orchestration gives you that gives you that the the, the coordination and the team alignment and actually the, the buy-in from the various teams to be supporting this as an ongoing activity to be mm. always thinking about what's coming next and what are we going to be preparing for next so that as and when we get through the year we can make those we can we have the agility to make adjustments to the messaging to make mm. the decisions that actually let's let's um, let's focus more on this area because we've seen through the digital demand hub that people are um, responding or interacting much more with this type of content. Mm. And that's the other side of it, isn't it? It's it's never just launch and come back to it and, and see what you've achieved at the end, because you are always adapting and augmenting what you've done to improve. That's the whole, the whole point of having it managed. Um, and it, it also requires salespeople to give that feedback. So where you've engaged with the prospect and then it's led to an opportunity to a conversation, the result and the response from that conversation, how that message landed needs to be fed back into the program such that if, for example, you've taken a um, a cluster approach and you've got similar messaging across, say, 20 accounts, you need to make sure that that insight is is brought straight back in to help benefit the other conversations that are likely to um, to arise. So I think, yeah, what I think it's relevant for everybody to, to think about how people measure what they're doing because of the the yes you're measuring long term and at sea blue we talk about revenue retention and relationships but there are also really important short and medium term measures that we use to to break this down aren't there because you you simply can't start and measure a year later it doesn't work like that right so we need to look at who is it that you're engaging with how many additional um executives are engaged or prospects are engaged, number of people within the account, number of meetings that have been driven, and many, many different ways of measuring leading indicators before you get to the actual conversion to pipe and the revenue numbers, which, of course, are the end result and what drives the ROI. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. So, okay, the most juicy part of the conversation, Jake, pitfalls, most common ones. What are they? What's your what's your number one? Uh, I think number one is when you don't get that that buy-in and the team alignment because everyone is is so important in the success of a fully orchestrated ABM ABM program. Everyone from marketing and sales to to 
to product as well as the operations team as well. So mm-hmm. that's as part of setting up the digital demand hub and actually setting up the, um, the, 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 the tools and the systems so that ABM is working for us and we're almost building towards that. Uh, I wouldn't call it automated, but definitely a, like a semi-automated model where working with everyone, we can enable sales as, as much as we physically can, really get everything prepped and ready, get everyone aligned, get make sure the message and the content is all aligned across all of the various channels. So having that alignment is really important, having that buy-in. Also, I would say another one is, is resource as well. So quite often uh, people, uh, businesses can get very excited by the idea of ABM and they can just jump headfirst into it and start saying, right, I want to do... 20 one-to-one campaigns um, and it, it, it all of a sudden then everyone's going oh my god well I you know I had a full-time job before and now I've got this whole other full-time job mm-hmm. so it's actually starting in a sustainable way and making sure that you get the foundations for the program right get that buy-in from the team get the excitement going and then you can start bringing in more and more clusters, more and more one-to-ones, or start mm-hmm. actually with what you've learned from one-to-one and, and the one-to-clusters, start actually feeding those insights into the one-to-many as well. Mm. So actually start, so really start uh, building to the point where ABM uh, is is touching uh, all of uh, all most, if not all, of your t- uh, total address uh, addressable market. Um, so I'd say those two are, are really yeah. big ones for me. Okay. Good to know. I agree. My number one is connected, but slightly different. It's expectation setting specifically around what results will you expect to see in what period of time? So that bit we talked about, how is it that you measure ABM? The fastest route to perceived failure of an ABM program is that the expectation was not set correctly up front. Mm. And in my experience, that's not because the marketer, uh, marketing director or person leading that ABM program internally hasn't tried to do that it's because they've received pushback from senior stakeholders whomever that may be whether it's CRO a sales director a CEO even um and actually had to to adjust what they're setting as like the expectation but you've got to be really clear what are you starting with are you running a net new acquisition program are you running an existing base what is the depth and quality of relationships like with your existing base are you going out to similar stakeholders and you're already engaged with or is the thing that you're trying to sell actually to a completely different persona in the organisation? Because all of that genuinely impacts the percentage conversions that you could expect to see and also um, the period of time in which you might expect to see anybody in market when you want them to be in market for your products. So I would really strongly advise don't don't allow your programme to be perceived as a failure simply because either the the wrong success measures have been put in place in the first place or you just haven't got there yet because these are, as you say, multi-year programmes. Yeah, absolutely. And the other bit for me would be message and creative. Of course, you you don't want anything to go wrong in your campaign, but you always have to be open. But you did get the message wrong in the first place because it was a new message with new persona based on new insight. If you test that in market and find that it doesn't quite hit, you've got to adapt really quickly to find the thing that does hit. And it might be the smallest tweak that's what gets you there. Um, But it's making sure that the people working on your program, whether that's internal in your business or an agency partner like C Blue, adapts that with you and for you. But you, you have to do that quickly. 
Yeah, and that's so important as well. And so that links back to what I was saying about having the actual ongoing uh, long-term strategy. But you obviously, and this is part of our ABM accelerators, you obviously don't want to say, okay, this is 12 months worth of, uh, this is 12 months worth of go-to-market and messaging mm-hmm. uh, planning and then hit, hit, hit the, um, hit the phones and uh, start the emails in, in January and then come April or maybe even March, the sales team are telling you, oh, actually, the, the, this is what we're finding and this is the pushbacks and the general challenges and the, the comments people are saying. So that's where we've, we've built that in as uh, part of that almost that month, that rolling monthly content creation alignment and evaluation with the sales mm-hmm. teams. So yeah, you're, you're, you're spot on. It's about having that flexibility and agility as part of that orchestration. Yeah, I was going to say agility, the keyword of the day. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Brilliant. Well, look, of course, anyone wants any more information, then uh, we're here anytime. But great chat. Thank you, Jake. Thank you, Helen. Cheers. Bye. Cheers. Bye.